book of Psalms this morning. Get your fingers limber because we're going to be going to a lot of verses this morning. But we're going to start in the book of Psalms, Psalms 70, 78 is where we're going to start this morning. Psalm 78. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite, I guess, months, I got to say, because I'm already getting into the into the mindset of it. One of my favorite months is uh, the month of November. And uh, the reason why, why that is, because it's the time of my favorite holiday. I love Thanksgiving. I, I just do. Uh, the world has not corrupted it like it has corrupted all the other. Now, it's trying to do that. But uh, I, was, I was telling I, folks, I think it was Wednesday night, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that a lot of the major stores have decided to close their doors on Thanksgiving. Now, I'm sure it's not for the right reason, but I don't care. Just close the doors. Uh, you know, uh, that's a time to spend with God and family. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, Thanksgiving uh, is, it was, was instituted in our country as a holiday to give thanks to God. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I, I'm just I'm just thankful for the month, and it, it puts me in a in a uh, mood or a mindset, I suppose, of gratitude. Uh, it 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 also helps me to realize just how good God has been to us. And uh, yeah, we've got problems. I mean, right now our country's in a bigger mess, I think, than I've ever seen in my lifetime, and and we're going in the wrong direction. And yeah, all that stuff is true. But you still, you still look back. Everything doesn't, and I know this is a shock to some of you, but everything does not rise and fall on the United States of America. You know, I mean, it really doesn't, nor on our welfare or any of that stuff. Uh, the, the truth is sometimes we get so caught up with that stuff going on and all the political garbage that's happening in our, in our country that, that we forget to see the hand of God. And, and to, to watch and see how God and remember and, and see not just in the past, but presently, how good God has been to us and how he has blessed us and taken care of us. I, I thought about uh, just this one little thing, just this uh, last week. We've had very few COVID cases in this church. Now we've had them, okay? And most of the people that have had them, there's a couple of them that had them worse than others and so forth. But, uh, and I understand that. It's been various degrees and that's the way that thing goes. But, but uh, we've got a lot of people that haven't gotten it. And that's, that's a blessing. You know, that's just good. And uh, God has just been good to us. So with that thought in mind, Psalm 78, let's stand together. And if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, let them look on with you. Psalm 78, and start with me, if you would, in verse uh, 36. Psalm 78, 36. It says, nevertheless, they, this is speaking of, of uh, set the scene here, speaking of Israel, Israel in the wilderness. After they had left Egypt, and God had freed them from there, and they went into the wilderness, and they were wandering in the wilderness, and God was testing them and testing their faith. It says in verse 36, Nevertheless, they didn't flatter him with their mouth, and they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him, 
neither were they steadfast in his covenant. They oftentimes said, well, we'll serve God, we'll serve him with our whole heart. And then in a very short time afterwards, they turned their back on him. Verse 38, but he being full of compassion, speaking of God, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. And he could have done all of that. Verse 39, for he remembered that they were flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I am so thankful that you are such a gracious God and you are a forgiving God. Uh, we just read about the times when you could have unleashed your wrath and you didn't. And Lord, the truth of the matter is we can look at our own lives and see the same, same thing. Uh, Lord, none of us has gotten what we deserved as a repercussion for our sins. And those of us that have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior and asked you to wash away all our sins and give us eternal life. Father, we'll, 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 not, get, we'll not get any judgment in eternity for those sins. We don't deserve a bit of that, but that's just because of the graciousness and, and mercy and, and blessings of our God. And Lord, we love you this morning. We pray that you would speak to our hearts during this message. I, I believe with all of my heart that I serve a God who has a strong desire to bless his people. Uh, but God, sometimes, just like the children of Israel, we, uh, we prevent you from doing it. Help us to, to see some things this morning, not just in the scripture, but God, show us some things in our own lives that might be lacking so that uh, we don't get the blessings that you have intended for us. We pray your blessings upon this time together in your word. We ask that you'd speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. I think to, for me one of the saddest, the most disconcerting uh, verses in all of the scripture is verse 41. Uh, that's, a, that's a horrible verse. It says they limited the Holy One of Israel. Uh, that doesn't mean that they stripped him of his power. He was just as powerful as he's always been. But because of their sin and because of their mindset and because of their lack of faith, they limited the Holy One of Israel. And what that tells you is that God wanted to do more. He wanted to be a blessing. He wanted to use them more. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, none, of, none of that happened. In fact, that, that was the generation that was supposed to go into the promised land. Instead, he made them stay there for 40 years, killed them all off, and then let the next generation go into the promised land. But, but that, that, that phrase that they limited the, the Holy One of Israel... Is, is just such a tragic phrase. And then look, go over to, to uh, Psalm 81, just probably a page or two over. Psalm 81, and look in verses 10 through 14. Verse 10, and, and, and notice, as we go through the, these uh, uh, verses, notice the word should. 
Notice the word should. Verse 10, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have uh, subdued themselves unto, unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and with honey out of the rock. Should I have satisfied thee? He's saying, listen, I should have been able to do this and I should have been able to do that and I should have been able to, to provide for them and I should have uh, been able to defeat their enemies. And he was totally capable of doing that. But he couldn't do it because they limited the Holy One of Israel. Uh, they limited the blessings of God. Now, what does it mean for a person to be blessed? It, it simply means that you enjoy spiritual happiness and you enjoy the, the uh, favor of God on your life. Uh, they didn't. They could have. But because they weren't in the right place, because they weren't in the right mindset, because they did not have the faith that they should have had in him, uh, they could not do it. Uh, they could not receive it. And if, if you notice, I don't know if you picked it up. I certainly did every time, every time I read it. But God's, God's heart's broken over this thing. He's saying, listen, I wanted to do something for you. I really, really wanted to use you. I wanted to bless you. I had, listen, I, I believe God's, you know, up in heaven had buckets and buckets and buckets of blessings that he wanted to just pour out over the nation of Israel. But he could not do it. And it's because they wouldn't let him, because they limited the Holy One of Israel. Um, God, I believe, is eager uh, to, to bless us. And uh, you know why? Because he's a good father. I mean, the Bible says he's, his name is Father. Uh, there's something significant to that. In, in uh, the Gospels, Jesus was saying, Listen, if, you're, if, you're, if your uh, father asks for you bread, will, you, will he give you a stone? Well, of course not. Why? Because he's your dad. Because he's your father. And, uh, and he cares for you. Well, that's what our God is. And uh, uh, he cares for us more than any human father ever could. And, and he has a, a, a strong desire to bless us. Uh, don't miss out on the blessings of God. And that's really the, the thrust of the whole message this morning. Um, the name of the message is get under the spout where the blessings pour out. Uh, in other words, God's got blessings, man, and, and he wants to pour them. Get where you're supposed to be so you can get them. Um, you know, bottom line is this. You can't go your own way, do your own thing, have your own way, and expect God to pour out his blessings. It doesn't work that way. Okay, it doesn't. And I've watched Christians even over the years that have, that have, have uh, uh, gone uh, in their own way and do their own thing and then get mad at God because he's not blessing them. Well, duh, <laughs> 
you're not in the right place. You're not in the right mindset. You, you don't have the faith. You're not being obedient to him. Why in the world should he? And that was the case in Israel. Uh, you know, I, I look at that, I, I, I look at that, that, that whole, all those stories of Israel in the wilderness for those 40 years. I scratched my head and I said, how could, a, uh, how could people be so stupid? And then I look in the mirror and I realize, you know what? I've done that same thing over and over and over again. Uh, you know, I have gotten out of the place where God could bless me. And again, the desire there uh, of God is so strong. He wants to bless you so much. And, and he wants to be a blessing to you. So we're going to take a look at, at some, some verses this morning that uh, have to do with uh, a person who is blessed. I, I, I did a, a study of the phrase, blessed is the man. And I found some things that, that uh, uh, God blesses. So take your Bibles and turn. You're already in Psalms. Just back up to Psalm 1. The first time that phrase is used is in Psalm 1. In verse 1. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Then verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. But we're going to focus on verse 1, which says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. God blesses people who are careful with their company. In other words, they're careful with the friends that they pick. Um, Friends determine your future. Uh, the type of people that you run with really not only say a lot about you, but they will determine some things in the future. And I found, I found this. I thought this was interesting. Even the world understands this. Even the world gets it. And, and on WebMD, they, they had uh, four things that uh, is determined, are, are determined in your life because of the types of friends that you keep. First one is it, it affects the ways you feel and think about yourselves. You, know, you see yourself in, in a proper light if you got proper friends. Uh, number two, it, it, it uh, influences your personal preferences and lifestyles. And you know what that's called? We call that peer pressure. Uh, you know, the people around us influence us, and, and rightfully so. And then the third thing is uh, present friends influence the nature of future friendships. And, and they do. You know, you get, you, know you, you get burned in a particular area, and you're going to buy a particular friend, and you're going to be careful of that kind of person later on down the line. And so they really have more of, a, more of an influence on our lives than what we would realize. And the fourth thing was it affects your health, and it actually affects your lifespan. And they've done studies on this and found, found that to be true. According to this verse, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He tells us who to avoid. He says, avoid ungodly counsel. Uh, be careful who you get counsel from. 
be careful who you get advice from. Uh, make sure you get advice from somebody who loves God. Make sure you get advice from people who are walking with God and doing right. Uh, you know, there, there, there are people, just as an example, there are worldly Christians that, that have some good thoughts, that have some, uh, uh, some good principles that they live by. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. There are some unsaved people that uh, live by some, some right principles. I'm not saying they're saved. They're not, and because that doesn't save you anyway. But, uh, but, but I've seen people like that. I, I, was, I was raised by a good father. I mean, I had a good dad. As far as I know, he never trusted Christ as Savior. But I had a good dad. Uh, I'm not saying ignore all that. Just be careful because there could be a, you know, I, I've seen this. I've seen this particularly with, with, uh, with worldly Christians. A worldly Christian can give you right advice, but with the wrong spirit. And if you take the advice, but also pick up his spirit, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You're, start, you're going to start going the way that, that, that he went. So, so be careful about ungodly counsel. And then the way of sinners. In other words, don't do what they do. There ought to be a difference in, in the way that we as Christians behave. We ought to have a different, we ought to have a different attitude. Uh, we ought to have a different walk. We ought to go places different than the saved go. Now, I realize they're going to go to the grocery store. You're going to go to the grocery store. They're going to drive a car. You're going to drive a car. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that they're going to do some things that, that uh, ungodly people do. Don't follow them. Don't go in that direction. And in fact, you need to, to keep yourself separate from those kind of folks. And then, then the last one is, uh, is uh, uh, the uh, uh, stay away from scorners. The last thing it says is, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. A scorner is one who has contempt or disdain. In other words, they look down on folks, and they have a lack of respect. You don't want to be around people with that kind of attitude. Um, I like to, you know, personally, uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in man, but I got all kinds of faith in God. And I've, I've, watched, I've watched my God do wonderful things. And so even though things might be going in a negative direction, whether it be nationally or whether it be personally, uh, I, I can, you know, if, I, if I've got the right attitude and the right spirit about it, I can see God in the thing. Uh, but boy, you get around a grumpy Gus. You get around, you know, a, uh, a person with a, you know, a sour Sally. And, and whoa, that can, that can take your, your, uh, uh, your whole attitude in the dumper. I remember hearing about a preacher. Came to church one day. And this is a true story. He came to church. He felt great. He really did. And uh, he, he was excited about the message that God had given him that day to preach. He walked into the church building. He no sooner walked in. And a woman came up to him and said, Hi, preacher. Preacher, are you all right? And he says, yeah. Why? I don't know. You look a little peaked. Oh, well, no, no, I'm doing fine. 
She said, oh, okay, that's good. And she smiled. He took a few more steps and somebody else came up to him and says, hi, preacher. Good morning. Uh, are you okay? Uh, he says, yeah, why? Well, I don't know. You just look like, you just sound like you're a little off today. Uh, no, no, I'm doing fine, I think, <laughs> you know. And uh, he said, okay, good. Took a few more steps, and a third person came up to him. Hi, preacher, good to see you this morning. You okay? No, he says, I'm feeling a little peaked. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a little off uh, today. Uh, what can I, you know, that kind of thing can, can affect you. It really can. Uh, and, uh, and it's good to be around people that will lift you up. Uh, be careful who your friends are. If you're around the wrong, and, and this is basically what this is teaching. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. In other words, if he's not careful about his friends, he's going to miss out on the blessings of God. I don't know about you, but I want everything that God's got for me. I do. I really do. And uh, uh, I want everything that God's got for you. I, don't, I mean, I don't want it personally. I want you to have it, okay? I'm not trying to be greedy this morning. Uh, but, uh, but I want you to have it. But uh, uh, God wants to bless his people. Be careful who your friends are. Go to Psalm 32. Psalm 32. And then go, go over to Romans chapter 4, because we're going to go right there right after. Psalm 42, uh, 32, excuse me. Psalm 32, and then Romans 4. Okay, Psalm 32, look down at verse 2. It says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. It says that, that a person is blessed if, a God, does not, if God does not impute in, uh, uh, iniquity to that person. Go over to Romans 4. And Romans 4, look down in verse 8. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So a person is blessed if God does not impute your sin to you. Now, what does it mean to impute? It means to attribute to or put to one's account. It's not saying that you don't sin. It's just saying that uh, God has forgiven your sin. God has not imputed or put to your account your sin. So you're clean in the eyes of God. Now, that's what salvation is all about. Salvation is the fact that when you, when you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, yeah, you're a sinner. You realize you're a sinner on your way to hell, and you deserve to go to hell for all eternity. And you, you have a repentant attitude toward your sin, and you believe on Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And, and you uh, ask him to forgive you of all your sin and give you eternal life. Do you realize that from that point forward, not only does he forgive you of all your sin, that you've sinned in the past, but from that point forward, he will not impute one sin to your account. Woo! Wow, what a blessing. I mean, that all by itself is a blessing. 
Now, you know what? We, we ought to appreciate that. There ought not be a day goes by that you don't just thank God that you're saved. Um, I don't understand people that don't want that blessing. And there are folks, there, I mean, obviously, there's folks out there that are lost. And they've heard the plan of salvation and they know what the Bible says. And they say, I don't want it. Why, well, you realize that when someone does that, that ought to break your heart. By the way, it ought to break your heart regardless of what their attitude is when they do it. They could say it just defiantly or they could, they could say it with anger. You know, if somebody gets mad at you because you witness to them, they're not getting mad at you. They're getting mad at God. Understand that. And please don't get angry in return. Get broken hearted in return. Because what they're doing is they're, they're turning their back upon the blessings of God of not imputing sin uh, on their account for all eternity. I mean, that's an, is an, an eternal thing. Uh, God declares us righteous in Jesus Christ the moment that we trust him as Savior. And, uh, and what's the blessing? The blessing is no hell and, he, and heaven for all eternity. That's the blessing. And the blessing is, is that you've got God as your Father. And the blessing is that you now have access to heaven for your prayers. And the blessing is you now have a God that will watch over you and that has a desire to bless you. But it says, it says blessed is he that, to whom the Lord doth not impute sin. We have Christ's righteousness imputed to our account. Uh, we don't have sin imputed, but we have the righteousness of Christ imputed. And, uh, you know, uh, Doc Ruckman used to use the, the illustration of uh, two books, and he'd have one book on there, The Life of Christ, and on the other book, the, uh, uh, it'd say The Sinless Life of Christ, The Sinful Life of, you know, Dave Dunbar. And when, when uh, a person gets saved, he takes the label off of this one, puts it on that one, takes the label off of this one, puts it on that one. And now I have the life of Christ, not, not, because, not because my life matches him, it doesn't, but it's imputed to me. It's imputed to me. And if you have his imputed righteousness and you do not have your sin imputed to you, then you're a blessed person. I mean, you're blessed. Uh, and, you know, that's one of the, that's one of the um, uh, answers to people that, that say, well, um, you know, I, I think after a person gets saved, I think they can lose it. How can you lose the lack of imputation? <laughs> I mean, when he imputes his righteousness and says, I will no longer impute your sin to your account. Woo, what a blessing. You know what that means? That means I am eternally secure in Jesus Christ. It doesn't depend on me from that point forward. It's all on him. It's all on him. Go to Psalm 34. Here's another one. Got a lot of them, so we need to go probably a little quicker than those first two. Psalm 34. And Psalm 34, look down in verse 8. Psalm 34, verse 8. 
It says, Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Uh, go with me over to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah 17. And look down in verse 17. Nope, that's not what I want. Uh, verse 7. Verse 7. Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Uh, when you trust God, you're blessed. When you doubt God, you get out from under the spout where the blessings flow out. Because you're not putting your tr trust, you're not putting your faith in him. When Israel was in the wilderness and Moses said he was going to go up on the mountain and get the Ten Commandments. Uh, at that time, he didn't know exactly what form they were going to take, but he, he was going to go up there to talk to God. He, he went up there, and, at, and they said, we're, we're going to serve the Lord. Down at the bottom of that uh, uh, mountain, they, they made a vow to God that they would serve him. And then after days went past, and we don't know just exactly how many days, but after a while, they stopped trusting him. You know, they were looking and saying, well, when's he going to come back? Well, I guess he's not coming back. Well, maybe he's gone. And so they, they turned their backs on God, and they ceased to trust him. And, and when you do that, you get out from under the possibility of blessing. No matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstance is, you can trust God. I, I, you know, I, I've been saved now for over 50 years. And uh, I, I can say this. My God is worthy of my trust. He's worthy of your trust. You can trust him. You can trust him. Uh, he's steadfast. He's strong. He's stable. You know, we heard this in, in Sunday school. Someone gave a verse about the stability of God and how he doesn't change. You know, the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That doesn't mean that he always works the same way. That means his character is always the same. And he never changes. He's always worthy of our trust. Malachi uh, chapter 3 and verse 6. I love this verse. It says, I am the Lord. I change not. You know, heaven and earth may pass away, but God's not going to change. Governments may rise and governments may fall, but God's not going to change. You may have one job one day and lose it the next, but God's not going to change. You have a God in whom you can trust. And when we have our trust in God, uh, the, uh, you know, the, 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 one of the, the mottos of our, our country when it was founded was in God we trust. Can I tell you something? When we lived that, we were blessed. When we stopped living that, we stopped getting some blessings. That's not only true of a country, folks. That's true of you and I. And we need to, on a daily basis, just trust our God. And when you're trusting God, you're, you're open and you're available for blessings. Uh, Psalm 65 Psalm 65. Psalm 65, look down at verse 4. Psalm 65 and verse 
verse 4 says, says, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Now what this is, is it's just saying that uh, you're blessed if uh, God chooses you for a task. If God calls you to something, if he chooses you to do something, uh, then, then you are a blessed person. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me over to Romans chapter 12. I was just reading this in devotions this morning. Romans 12. And in Romans 12, look down in verse, uh, look down in verse 3. It says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. That's talking about those that have trusted Christ as Savior. And verse 4, it says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in, uh, in Christ, and everyone members one of another. So if you're saved, you are in Christ. You are a member of his body. So you know what that means? That means you've got a function. Okay? You've got a function. I can't tell you what, what your function is, but you can go to God and find out. And he gives some spiritual gifts, uh, lists some spiritual gifts here that he gives to his children in order to serve them. Uh, and you, you have at least one of these gifts. And one of these is prominent in your life. Uh, in verse uh, 6, it says, Having the gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Uh, in other words, what God's saying here is just very simple. There are no insignificant members. He's, he's given you gifts. He's given you abilities. He's given you a job to do. You know, you know when you're blessed is when you're fulfilling it. When you're fulfilling it. When you get out from underneath that, then you're no longer fulfilling your job or your duty. And therefore, you, you can't be blessed the way that God wants to bless you. Uh, there, are, there, there are no insignificant members of the body of Christ. We all have a purpose. Make sure you're doing your purpose. Make sure you're fulfilling your task. And make sure you're doing those things that God would have you to do. I, you know, uh, I realize that as life goes on, Things change. I understand that. And even, even your abilities change. It, it, one of the, hopefully, uh, this next year, I'm going to have surgery on both of my knees. I'm hoping both. Got one scheduled right now for January 12th. And I'm uh, uh, going to get knee replacements. I've, I've uh, asked the doctor, I said, I'd like to have some uh, grease fittings put in there, you know, so you can give me a lube job every now and then. But uh, I don't think he's going to be able to do that. But nonetheless, 
Uh, it, it just, it killed me this last, this last year not being able to go door to door. I just wasn't physically able to do it. Couldn't do it. Uh, hopefully after knee replacements, I'll, I'll be able to do it. Um, but, uh, and I, I know those things change, but make sure you do something. You know, if you're still on this earth, God's got a purpose for you. You want to be blessed? Fulfill your purpose. Your purpose isn't going to be my purpose. And your purpose isn't going to be the same as the purpose next, uh, the person next to you. But you have a purpose. There are no, 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 no insignificant people or members in the body of Christ. And so if you're saved, fulfill your purpose and you'll be blessed. Go to Psalm 84. Psalm 84, back to the book of Psalms. On Psalm 84... Look at me in verse 5. Psalm 84, verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. Uh, a, a person who's blessed is a person who depends upon God's strength and realizes that their own strength is insignificant. Um, Psalm, just go, go back a little bit. Psalm 73 and Psalm 73, verse, verse uh, 26, we had this as a, as a uh, part of our, our verses last month. It says, my flesh and my heart faileth. Understand that, would you? You're going to fail. <laughs> you, you know, you, you, your, your flesh is weak. Your heart is, is, uh, is, is uh, very, very uh, susceptible to being broken, to being, to being, to being uh, even deceived. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Trust, trust in God. Understand that God is your strength. and You need to depend upon that strength. Uh, David, when he went in to, to to beat Goliath, or to, to fight Goliath, he ended up beating him. Uh, he, he went for the right reason. He, had a, he said, is there not a cause? And he was upset about the fact that, that uh, the Philistines had defamed not just the armies of Israel, but the God of the armies of Israel, and was really making a mockery when, when a, another country would make a mockery of Israel. He understood they were also making a mockery of Israel's God. And uh, so he said, is there not a cause? Well, there was a cause. He was going to go out into, into battle, and Saul said, well, look, you can't go out like that. You know, you're, you're just a, you're a shepherd lad. Uh, you need some armor. So he gave him his armor. He tried it on, and he says, nah, he says, I can't go with this. I can't go with this. I, you know, he decided he wasn't going to trust armor. He wasn't going to trust a, a, a human prop. And uh, he, he basically just says, you know what? God gave me strength to do things in the sheepfold. He'll give me strength to do things here. And uh, he went out. He took five smooth stones and a sling. He only used one of those stones, put it in the sling, threw it up in the air. I believe God supernaturally guided that thing. And boom, hit, hit the, hit the uh, giant right in the forehead. He ended up toppling to the earth. He went over there, grabbed his own sword, because he didn't even have one. He grabbed Goliath's sword, cut the man's head off. 
And you know what that is? That's a testimony of the fact that God is strong. It wasn't David who was strong. David had faith, okay? David trusted in God's strength, and because of that, God delivered him. Um, I told you that Mike McClary lost his wife yesterday, and uh, we've been texting back and forth quite a bit. And, and uh, yesterday, he said this. This really touched my heart. He said, my faith is strong. I trust the Lord with her. This is before she passed away. But my heart is broken. Okay. All right. You know you, know you got a broken heart? You know you got a weak heart? You know your flesh is, is weak? Then don't trust it. Don't trust your heart. Don't trust your strength. Trust your God who will be strong on your behalf. And that's exactly what he did. God, God loves, absolutely loves to be strong on our behalf. But we've got to let him. And that means don't do all that finagling. Don't do all that, uh, you know, getting your hands in something that God doesn't want you to have your hands into. Make sure that uh, you're, you're trusting in God's strength and not your own. If you depend on the strength of God, you're in the place where God can bless you. Go to Psalm 94. Psalm 94. And in Psalm 94, look down at verse 12. Psalm 94, verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law. Um, according to that verse, you're blessed if you're, if you're whooped and you're taught. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're chastened and then God teaches you something. By the way, uh, that's part of the, of the purpose of chasing, is to teach us something. So don't, don't, uh, don't disdain God's chastening. Be thankful for it. Uh, many, you know, we, we've used, we use the, old, the, the term, uh, well, you know, I had to learn this the hard way. Well, I know what the hard way entails sometimes. Sometimes it entails some real tough chastening. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's hard. But you know what? It's also been good. It's been good. And when God chastens you, you've got to be thankful. You know, one of the things that my generation, when my generation came up, um, a lot of parents turned to uh, Dr. Spock. And Dr. Spock wrote a book back in the 50s and basically said, don't spank your kids. Um, so there were, there were kids in my generation that I grew up with where some parents believed in discipline, other parents did not believe in discipline because of Spock. And, uh, you know, not this guy, but the guy who's the doctor, okay? Just want to just make that clarification, okay? Uh, not the guy that got constantly beamed up, although we would have liked to have seen him beamed somewhere from time to time. Uh, but uh, but, the, but the, the, uh, uh, the thing is, is that you get older, after you go through it, you know, you look at, you look at uh, a kid looks at another kid whose parents are easy on him, don't discipline him. Uh, uh, just let them do whatever they want. You say, whoa, is he lucky. Whoa, man. Yeah, he can do anything he wants to do. And then you grow up. And you look back and you say, whoa, that poor guy. He had parents that didn't love him like, he, like they should have. 
whoa, I'm glad I had parents that were tough on me. I've, I have never, I have never, ever, ever heard a person say, boy, am I ever glad my parents were, were wimps and just easy on me and let me do everything I wanted to do. I never heard anybody say that. Now, there have probably been a few idiots that have said that, but I've never heard them. Uh, but, but the truth is, the truth is, is that uh, uh, if your God cares enough for you, the Bible says, He whom he loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you, if you get a spanking from God, you're one blessed person. Learn from it. Don't get mad at it. Don't get upset with it. Don't, uh, don't get frustrated. Uh, instead, learn from it and be thankful you have a God who loves you. Uh, God's chastening just simply says that he cares for you. And, and uh, if you're chastened and you're taught by God, then you're blessed. Uh, Psalm 112. Psalm 112. In verse 1, Psalm 112, verse 1, Praise ye the Lord, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. It says you're blessed if you just fear God. And by the way, God's one to be feared. And you know, uh, fear is a good thing. And, and you hear some of these psycho babblers and they say, well, you know, you should not have any fears of anything. You've got to be out of your mind. Uh, I'm glad uh, it, it, when I was a, a little child, I was taught to have a fear of traffic. Otherwise, I'd have run out into it. I'm thankful that I taught to have a, I was taught to have a fear and respect for fire. Otherwise, I would have, I would have played with it a whole lot more dangerously than I ever did. Um, fear is a good thing. Fear will keep you out of trouble. And uh, if you fear God, You'll, you'll avoid harmful stuff. And by the way, the reason why we get into sin the way that we do is because we don't fear God about that thing. And when we do fear God, and, and again, when you go into sin, what does God do? He starts to shut the blessing valve off. Uh, I, you know, again, I want everything that God wants for me. Uh, I want you to have everything that God wants for you. But it starts with fearing God. Just to, you know, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Uh, and when you fear him, it's, it also talks about delighting in his commandments. If you fear him, you'll delight in his commandments. Proverbs chapter 8. Next book is Proverbs. You're in Psalms. Go to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 34. Proverbs 8 and verse 34 says, Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. It says there that... that uh, uh, that a man is blessed if he waits on God. In other words, if you don't get ahead of God, you'll be blessed. I, was talk I don't even remember who it was. I was talking to somebody here just the other day, and they were talking about uh, a decision that they had and the thing that was in their life, and, and they said, but I don't want to get ahead of God. Boy, that's wisdom. <laughs> that's real wisdom. Uh, don't 
don't go through a door that God has not clearly opened for you and made available for you. Uh, a person is blessed when they hear God. They listen to God. You, you can hear God every day. Open up his Bible. He'll speak to you. Uh, when when uh, a person watches, and, and that's just simply watching for his hand and recognizing it and seeing where he's leading, guiding and directing. And then the last one is waiting. Just be impatient. You know, a piece of advice I got, I got it from Pastor Keck back years ago. And he said, you know, he, and I think he got it from his dad. He said, most mistakes are made by doing something too soon, not too late. He said, too late, much of the time you can make up for it. Not always, but much of the time. But too soon, and you can make a real mess of something. Don't get ahead of God. Uh, under, uh, you know, be, be, be willing to wait for him. Be willing to be patient and listen to him and watch for his hand. And then the, the last thing. Uh, go to the book of James, New Testament. Book of James. Chapter 1. James chapter 1, look down in verse 12. Now, the, the first chapter of the book of James deals with temptations and trials and difficulties in life. And it, it, it starts out in the book, it says, uh, My brother encountered all joy, verse 2, when you fall into diverse uh, temptations, knowing this is the trying of your faith worketh patience. Uh, you look in James 1.12, and it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. God blesses folks that fall on the right side of temptation. Uh, when you're going to get tempted, you're going to get tempted to do wrong. You're going to have your heart pull on you to do things that you shouldn't do or to desire things you shouldn't desire. But God says, if you want to be blessed, you fall on the right side of the temptation. And, and I understand that, that life can be tough. Uh, I understand that trials and difficulties are waiting for us. They're out there. But God gives blessings if we endure temptation. Look in, in, again in verse, verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And then verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Uh, back up to verse uh, 4, it says, But let patience have her perfect work, uh, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If, if we endure the temptations to do wrong, if we endure the temptations to have the wrong attitude, God says, listen, I will give you blessings. I'll give you patience. I'll give you wisdom if you ask me for it. I'll give you experience so that you can have wisdom further on down the line. Uh, if you're in the right place, if you fall on the right side of temptation, God says, I'll bless you. You fall on the wrong side of temptation, and you'll rob yourselves of the blessings of God. There are nine different things that God says, if we're just in that place, if we're just in that position, the blessings of God will flow on us. Uh, first one was careful with your company. Be careful with your company. Be careful with the friends that you have, and you'll be blessed. 
if you are saved and trusted Christ as Savior, you're blessed right there because he does not impute sin to you. If you trust God, you're blessed. If uh, God has chosen you for a task, and he has, and you fulfill that task, then God's going to give you blessings. Um, if you depend on his strength, uh, God's going to bless you. Uh, if uh, you realize that, that uh, when you have gotten out of line, you have been chastened, and God's tried to teach you a lesson, and you listen to that lesson, that's, that's the blessing of God. God. You're in a place where God can bless you. If you fear the Lord, uh, God will bless you. If you don't get ahead of the Lord, and if you endure temptation, and all three of those can kind of wrap together, then God will bless. God has a desire, and that's to bless you. Now, we, we went through nine different things. Uh, I'm not expecting you to respond to all nine of them, but maybe there's one in particular. Where, where you say, you know, if I just did that. God would bless me more. All right, then you know what? That's the one thing that God wants you to work on. That means you got to turn your back on something, on sin in your life. You have to say no to something, and you got to say yes to God. Be in the place under the spout where the blessings of God pour out. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to pray here in just a minute, but before we do, I want to ask you a couple of questions. First off, does God impute sin to you? In other words, are you saved? Have you trusted Christ as Savior? Are you absolutely positive where you sit that there is no sin imputed to you? Now, I realize we're all sinners, but God says he'll not impute sin on those that have trusted him. And just by an uplifted hand, you'd say, Pastor, here's my hand. I know I'm saved. I'm, I, I, no sin is imputed to me because I've trusted Christ as Savior. All right, thank you. You can put your hands down. How many of you be just as honest and say, you know, that I couldn't raise my hand and that bothers me? And I'd like to be able to say what those other folks said. I'd like to be in a place where God does not impute my sin to me because I've trusted him as Savior. Would you pray for me? Anyone like that here this morning? Say, just by an uplifted hand, just say, hey, just pray for me. I'm, I got a need. I'm needy. I, 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 need, I need to trust Christ as my Savior this morning. All right, you're here this morning and... God has pointed out to you at least one thing. And don't, you know, don't, don't take all nine. Take one or maybe two. But God has pointed out something that, you know, if you just did that, then God would be able to bless you better and bless you more. And you say, by an uplifted hand, you just say, preacher, pray for me. I, I know what it is. Just pray that, that I will go to God with a thing. All right, thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hands all over. All right, let's go to the Lord. Father, thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for being such a blessing. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to hearts. Lord, there might still be someone here this morning or possibly watching the broadcast
that has not yet trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. Lord, a person is blessed if you do not impute sin. And the only way that can happen is if they come to Christ, believe that they're a sinner on their way to hell, and repent of their sin and trust you and you alone as their Savior. God, I pray for anyone either here or online that's watching this right now or will watch it in the future. And if they've not trusted Christ as Savior, may, may this day be the day that they turn to you and trust you and ask you forgiveness of all their sins. Father, I pray for the others that have raised their hand indicating that there's an area where they just need to be in the right place. God, give them the strength. Give them the, give them the wisdom to know how to get there and uh, what they need to do. Father, I pray that you'd guide and direct in this invitation and, and uh, just help folks today, help all of us, to just make up our minds and, and get the mindset that we want to be a blessed people. But it's not going to happen by accident. It's going to happen because we're under the spout where the blessings pour out. We're in the right place so that you can bless us. Help us not to limit the Holy One of Israel. Bless this invitation. Have your will and way in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.